Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's all right. Why don't you clap your hands and lift your voice at the same time and do something over there. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Anybody thankful to be in the house of God tonight? You might have had a rough day at work, but thank God you're in the house of God tonight and his presence and anointing is here. God. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to, while you're standing, turn to the book of Psalm. Psalm 37 is what we will be reading tonight. And we will read verse 23 through 25. It's good to be here tonight on a Tuesday night. This is Tuesday on the Rock. I'm thankful for his word. And so we're going to spend some time in his word for a few moments tonight. Psalm 37 and verse number 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And by the way, when the scripture says good man, it's viewing it in terms of the universal. So it includes all people. The steps of a good person, if you want to put it that way are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. God is a provider. Amen. And he knows how to bring to us exactly what we need. And so for a few moments tonight, I want to speak to you on this subject. Good man steps, good man steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Praise God. Lord, help us tonight. We thank you for your word. Strengthen everyone that is gathered together in this place and beyond this place. I pray that your touch and your hand and your ability will be felt. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. You can be seated This conversation has come up recently in multiple situations, so I feel like it is appropriate to address it tonight. It covers a variety of aspects and ways, and it has to do with taking steps, taking right steps. Amen. Good, a good man's steps. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so in some cases, rather than trying to do too much and go too far, we've seen this over and over. It can be very debilitating to try to do beyond what you are capable when, in fact, you should just take one step at a time. Amen. That's why I'm in the house of God here tonight. It's another step. Praise God. I'm here because I'm taking steps to be a person that is ordered of the Lord. There was an individual by the name of Stephen Denier that gave a talk about the small decisions that we make, the small decisions. And he asked, he start his discussion by asking if we could paint a picture of a face. And if we didn't think that we could do it, that we might be able to do it if it was just in one small box 
at a time. And he used the illustration of a painter, one of the highest earning artists in the world by the name of Chuck Close, that makes paintings in large scale graphics. They're very large, but the way that he does it, he lays it out and he's painting small boxes. He uses what is called a box technique. So I wanna show you uh, a couple of his paintings. He also has a, a certain problem that has to do with, it's a mental disorder that has to do with face recognition. And sometimes you can't remember your own face or the faces of others. And so his paintings have to do with painting faces. And so that's the connection there. So this painting that I'm gonna show you, this is a painting on canvas, is uh, one of his friends and his name is John. This is John that you will see projected here. This is a canvas painting. And he has done this with the box technique, very, very small boxes. And then he paints that and then expands that out. This painting sold at Soft Beast for $4.8 million. So Chuck Close, this is just one. There's many, many others. But just so that you can get an understanding of how big these paintings are, I mean, you look at this and you, you can't get the dimension or the size of it. But I'm gonna show you another picture here that is taken in a museum and you'll be able to see how large these pictures are. This is his friend, Mark. And to the left, you can see there are people standing looking at it. And then to the right, you can see how uh, precise he gets with the eyeball. This is, again, painting on a canvas by painting really, really small boxes. And so the whole point with Stephen Denier's talk, <clears throat> you can take that down, thank you, is that small decisions make a huge impact on eventual outcomes. And he talks about and illustrates through painting, and then he uses Novak Djokovic, which is a tennis player, that when he first started playing tennis, he was 680 in the world. He was earning about $250,000 a year. Eventually, he became third ranked in the world, and he was earning $5 million a year. And then he became ranked number one and he was earning $14 million a year. And what they did is they looked at the amount, the percentage of points that he won in a tennis match. When he was 680, he won 49% of the match points. When he was third in the world, he was winning 52% match points. And when he was ranked number one, he was winning 55% of the match points. Uh, a difference between 49% to 55%. Very, very small increments, but had a huge impact. Marginal improvement. He was not trying to achieve everything all at once. And Stephen, that's giving this talk, knows what he's talking about because Stephen, when he was a student from kindergarten to, second, to his second year of college, he was a C to a C-plus student. And teachers would say that the problem is he needs to settle down and focus. 
But he couldn't do that unless it was just for a few moments and minutes. So what he started to do is he changed the way he approached everything. And he acknowledged that I do, in fact, have a lack of focus. And so instead of trying to do five chapters, I'm just going to do one. And so he became an A student. Then he became a top uh, student and attended a top graduate school for finance and economics. And then he realized that this strategy worked for him, taking things in small chunks, marginal change, incremental, and using that as a strategy, he became an exotic discretionary trader for Credit Suisse. Then he became the global head of currency optic trading for Bank of America. Then he became the head of emerging markets for AIG and he created two award-winning hedge funds. He did all of this on a career level and he thought to himself, maybe I could even do this on a personal level. And so he started taking this on a personal level. He commuted to London, it took him 45 minutes. So that's 45 minutes one way, that's one and a half hours each day, that's 7.5 hours each week, that's 30 hours a month, that's 360 hours a year. So he loaded up 99 CDs of the German language onto his listening device and he removed all of his music. And for 10 months while he's commuting, he had listened to 99 CDs of the German language three times each. Then he went to Berlin and he took a 16-day intensive German course. And then he invited his family to come visit him in Berlin. And when they showed up, he became the tour guide and he talked to everybody in German and they were amazed because that's not supposed to be something easy for an older guy. And yet he had learned a language by breaking things down in small increments. He did the same thing. He earned his auto racing license. He learned to fly a helicopter. He learned to rock climb. He learned to skydive. He flew planes acrobatically. He was a little disappointed with his weight and health and fitness. He hiked all 33 trails in the Santa Barbara mountains and he'd never hiked before. And he said that even if something like that, the small decisions matter, that the thing that he would think about when he would wake up every morning is put on your shoes and drive to the trailhead. If you could make those small incremental changes, then, then you could do more than what you thought you could do. He read 50 books in the same small incremental way. He tried to be charitable without writing a check, so he donated blood and hair. He learned how to uni unicycle. He learned how to jump stilts. He learned how to play the drums. And then one day his wife suggested to him knitting. And so while on a hike, he thought a sycamore tree would look nice wrapped in yarn, and he discovered yarn bombing, that you could wrap things. And so he found that in 82 days, there was going to be a day of bombing. And so he started bombing trees. And then he started bombing larger objects. And eventually, he bombed the entire children's hospital in Tucson, Arizona. But he really didn't like knitting. So he decided crocheting. And so he started with little granny squares, seven inches. But he wanted to go bigger. And so he contacted the Guinness Book of World Records and was denied several times. Finally. They accepted, and making 
crochet squares seven inches over the course of two years, seven months, 17 days, he created the world's largest granny square. 1,311 square feet, 30 miles of yarn, over 500,000 stitches, and over 60 pounds. And his whole point and his whole presentation was this. The key is in making small decision and small chunks of making a determination that I am going to do something. I've seen in, in people's walk with God sometimes, they try to do way too much, too fast, too early. And then they set the bar so high for themselves that they don't measure up to it. They become disappointed. And then they end up walking away from God instead of making small incremental changes. Instead of trying to do everything all at once, step into arena and say, I'm going to make a small determination. Just because you're not a theologian does not mean that you can't teach a Bible study. You make a small incremental determination that I can take a small a place prepared for you Bible study, and I can teach a Bible study. You don't have to have four years of an education to roll out a Bible study. You take it in small chunks. This is what stops individuals from being used of God because they think they've got to do way too much. And I'm telling you, there is something to what is going on here when you break it down to a small thing and say, I can do a small thing. I can do that. I can be used of God. You don't become a world-class singer all overnight. It takes work, and it's small, incremental changes. You don't become a great musician overnight. I wish it was that way. I picked up a guitar some time ago. I thought, I'm going to learn how to play a guitar. And, and I found out real quick that you have to take small, incremental changes over a large period of time that I didn't have. And so I decided I couldn't do that. But there's other things that I can do when I when I when I break it down into small things that can be accomplished young people you can be used of God you can teach Bible studies now anybody can teach a Bible study now you don't need all of this education to be used of God praise God I want to be a preacher then start doing small things incrementally and build on them and eventually you'll establish and accomplish some things like this individual did by taking things one step at a time the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord I'm looking out into this audience audience tonight and God is doing things, steps in your life. Praise God. Don't, don't be worried that it doesn't all happen overnight or immediate. It happens in small steps and you should be thankful for the small steps that God is working in your life. Don't get disappointed. Don't give up. Don't walk away. But say, God, that's one more step. And that's one more step for your glory, for your kingdom. And I'm going to keep taking one step at a time. <laughs> Praise God. You're going to look back and you're going to say, wow, how did I get from that point to this point? It's because God was walking with you one step at a time. We see this. 
We see this principle in Scripture. After escaping through the Red Sea, the Hebrews traveled to the wilderness, and they arrive at Mount Sinai, God's holy mountain. They receive the Ten Commandments as well as instructions for building the tabernacle as a center of worship. And through this experience, we learn about the importance of obedience in our relationship with God. His laws help expose sin, and they give us standards for righteous living. And so God goes before them. His presence goes before them. His terror goes before them. And this endeavor is not received without a level of distrust. Who are we following? They get out there and they ask that question. Who are we following? There's an entrenchment of culture, Egyptian culture and Hebrew culture and the fusion of all of that. There's politics involved with Pharaoh and Moses and they're out in this place and their mentality has to change. And we want to see them just go. We want to see them do great things and enter into the promised land and the promises of God. But they stumble and they're doubtful and they're unbelieving. And so we get to the scripture of Exodus chapter 23 and verse number 29 when they have all these questions and God speaks to them and says this, I will not drive them out. That means the nations that, that are before them. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year lest the land become desolate and the beast of the field multiply against thee. But little and little will I drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. God was saying is there's an ecosystem. There's a delicate balance. And so if I drive everything out in front of you, I'm going to end up doing the majority of the work and you need to do some of the work. That's very, very fascinating because many of us want God to do everything. Listen, you got to do something. You got to put forth an effort. If you put forth the effort, Effort. God always does his part. He always does his part. It's our part sometimes that we don't do. If you want God to do great things, you got to put forth some effort in your life and say, God, I'm going to reach out and praise you even when I don't feel like it. I'm still going to praise you. I may have all kinds of stuff aligned against me, but I'm still going to magnify you in the middle of the storm because I know when I do what I'm supposed to do that you're a God that's always going to do what you're supposed to do. You got to step out. You got to praise him. You've got to worship him. You've got to magnify him. So there's a delicate balance. There's an ecosystem. If I drive them out of the land, then the beasts will multiply against you. And then the crops that are there. If they're not cared for, then the ecosystem that is there will lose that delicate balance. And so I'm not going to drive them all out in one year. But he said, by little and little. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. You may be in the struggle for your life. But if you're thinking about the end game and that's what your entire attention is focused on, you probably need to back up and say, you know what, forget, forget all of that. Forget 
Goliath. I'm here tending the sheep, and here comes a bear. So this is one step. I'm going to take care of the bear before I ever get to Goliath. I'm going to be faithful tending to the sheep, said David. And when a lion comes, I'm going to take care of the lion. That's another step before I ever get to Goliath so that when I get to Goliath, I'm not looking at him as if this is a one-off thing. It happened a long time ago. One step at a time. You need to thank God for every single step you take. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what might be your failure or difficulty. The fact that you're in the house of God tonight is one step. You say, well, I don't really feel like I need to be where I am. Don't worry about it. Just keep taking one step at a time. The level of success depends on the level of effort and small steps or decisions. If things are cleared out too quickly, it's going to erode the eco ecosystem. And so my level of success depends on the level of effort and small decisions that I make. Psalm 119, verse 133 says, Order my steps in the word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, This I say then, walk. Everyone say walk. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians 5, 25, If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. 1 John chapter 2, and verse 6, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk in even as he walked. Third John and verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. What these, reverses, what these verses reveal is that living for God is about taking one step at a time. There's biblical language about running and flying and soaring, etc., but God is interested here in one step at a time. And taking one step at a time can be encapsulated in a word called perseverance. No matter what the struggle is, I'm going to persevere. No matter what the difficulty is, I'm going to persevere. No matter what the challenge is, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to make it through. I don't care what the failure is. I don't care what the attack is. I don't care what the spirit that comes against me me is I'm going to persevere. I'm going to make it. Thank God for elders that give to us an example. You know what they exemplify to me as a young man of 51 years of age? They exemplify to me, well, that's what happens. If you get around an 80-year-old, you're young. Oh, you're just a young whippersnapper. But if you get around the 14-year-old, you're the ancient of days. But you know what You know what they exemplify to us? They exemplify to us that I took one step at a time, and I'm still here. There's been ups and downs in my life. There were things that went astray, and yet 
I'm still in the house of God, still worshiping. I'm still maintaining my faith. I'm not walking away. I'm not giving up. I'm persevering because I'm taking one step at a time. When I started this thing, I didn't look at the end. I looked day by day by day. Just live for God every day. Just get up tomorrow and say, I'm going to live for God today. And then the next day say, I'm going to live for God today. One step at a time. Persevere. Don't get into sensational stuff, stuff that's way out there. Just say, God, make me what I need to be each and every day. Each and every day. Amen. I can't clear everything out because the land needs care and the animals will multiply. Having a vision is fine, but the only way to accomplish it is to walk one step at a time. It's good to have a vision, but the only way you're going to get to a vision if you take the incremental steps to make it happen. Praise God. The decisions of Peter that we see in the New Testament. Listen to what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 5. Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance. And to temperance, what? Patience, and to patience, godliness. This is Peter saying that if you add these things to your faith and you give all diligence one step at a time, add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness. This is Peter speaking. This was not his pattern before he wrote this epistle. Off the starting line, Peter was like a man that was a fireball. He was zealous, undaunted, headlong, irrepressible. And then things would get very hard and obedience turned costly and devotion got messy and conviction became complicated and then he was looking for an eject button because when he ran into that he had difficulties and problems. It took many failures before he knew how to stay the course. One step at a time. One step in front of the other. This didn't come naturally but a brilliant beginning means nothing if you don't finish well. Praise God. I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost here tonight. Peter was all of these things. He was so zealous, but he was looking too far down the road. And then when difficulty came, he wanted to eject and abandon everything. I want to tell you here tonight, you're going to run into some problems and difficulties. And there's going to be desert times and dry times in your life. And things are not going to go the way that you think they should go. And you're going to have a picture somewhere that's a vision, and it doesn't work out that way. But you can't give up and give in and walk away and become impatient because it doesn't work exactly the way that you think it should work out. You just got to keep taking one step at a time. Did you know what would happen if you didn't take one step at a time? You wouldn't be here tonight because there's been too much turmoil in your life and too much difficulty in your life and too many disappointments in your life. But you're here. You know why you're here? Because you took one step at a time. There were times when you didn't feel like it, but you kept plotting. You kept putting one foot in front of the other, and I'm telling you, God is going to bless you because of that. God, come on, we need to rebuke the devourer here tonight. If I've got one foot in front of the other, God's going to bring a blessing to me. It's going to work out. It's going to be okay. 
Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Because the good steps, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The good man steps. A good man steps and keeps stepping and keep walking. Peter denied Jesus three times. Denied it. They said, surely you're one of the Galileans. Your speech agreeth thereto. He cursed, began to swear a second time, third time. Peter complained about fishing. Jesus got in a boat and he talked from the boat and then he told them, go out into the deep a little bit, throw the nets over. Peter said, we've been out all night, we cleaned the nets. It's Jesus said, let down your nets. They let down the nets and there were so many fish that came in the nets that the net break broke. And Peter realized his lack of faith. Peter got out of the boat. He had faith enough to get out of the boat where the others didn't. But then when he, when he got into the storm, he floundered and doubted. He couldn't sleep when Jesus was wanting a prayer meeting. He couldn't watch one hour. And Jesus said generally, but mainly also to Peter, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. He retorted to Jesus about foot washing. He said, he said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I wash you not, you have no part with me. He butted in at Mount Transfiguration and said, it's good for us to be here. Let's make tabernacles for each of what we're seeing here, Moses and Elijah and Jesus. And Jesus said, it's not about what's happening up here, but it's what is happening in the ministry of people at the bottom of the mountain. He rebuked Jesus, said, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. When Jesus was describing going to Jerusalem and suffering many things and being killed and being raised again the third day. And Jesus turned around and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are offense unto me, for you savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Peter, when they were running to the grave in John chapter 20, Peter and John, John stops. Peter catches up and then runs straight in. He returned to his boats and nets despite the calling of God in his life. Peter recognizes at some point, that life is not always lived. It's not always lived at what you envision, but he finally found the balance that it's taking one step at a time and that you never quit. You never stop. You never give up, but you are patient. You stay in it. You endure. There are two primary conditions when a soldier is tempted to flee in battle. When nothing is happening and when the days stretch on and on or when each moment rains down terror. And in each case, a true soldier is going to stand their ground. And so Peter's now writing to a church that's in a major, major battle. 
Are we going to get bored with what's going on and walk away? Or we're in the midst of a huge storm. What are we going to do with this? And so he's preaching and he is writing that epistle. And he's talking about a church that is in the midst of suffering. They are living like refugees. They're strangers in the world scattered throughout the earth. 1 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. They suffer all kinds of trials. 1 Peter 1.6. They are falsely accused, blamed for things they never did. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12. They are subjected to brutal working conditions. 1 Peter 2, 18 and 19. They are punished for doing good. 1 Peter 3, 13. They are enticed by those around them. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 3. They are abused and insulted when they won't join the sin of others. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 4. They are punished for following Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. They are harassed and threatened by the devil himself who wants to eat them alive. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. They are surrounded by false teachers trying to mislead them. 2 Peter chapter 2. They are mocked by neighbors who find their faith naive and deluded. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 3. They are disappointed with God who seems to be slow in keeping his promise. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9. Following Jesus is not a good career move. It hasn't made anyone rich or popular or influential. Outsiders, ridicule, targets, scapegoats. Why keeping at this if it's wrecking your life? Peter would say because this is the only way of salvation. We're not going to give in. We're not going to give up. Doesn't matter what we're punished for. Doesn't matter how we're insulted. Doesn't matter how we're mocked. We're going to keep taking one step at a time, and God's going to develop some patience in us. We're going to become different makers, and we're going to know that we're on the right path, and we're making the right decisions because there is a glory in front of us. And so don't give up in the day of battle. Don't walk away in the day of battle. Keep looking and understanding, I'm going to get there when I take one step at a time, and God's got a glory that is going to be revealed to us. Peter would say, you can't quit. This is the road home as the musicians prepare tonight. It's incremental. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 12 says, Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we... According to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. I can't wander off the path. I've got to keep taking steps of a good man, steps of a good woman. I take a step off the path, I'm going to end up in destruction. God's got better things for me. Praise God. Young people, God's got better things for you when you take the steps of faith. Hallelujah. I believe that emphatically with everything that is in me. The world doesn't have anything for you, but the kingdom of God has got everything for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. So keep walking. Keep walking. Praise God. Men, keep walking. The world would love to chew you up and spit you out and strip away your identity, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. But thank God in the house of God tonight, we still need men lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. 
We need women of God, hallelujah, that take one step at a time and refuse to give in to the dictates and the influence of the world because God has done great things in our life and he has separated us to the cause of great things. You just keep taking one step at a time. Children in children's ministry, there's a reason why we try, Sister Sonia, to take one step at a time. Those classes mean something. Those stories mean something. Those scriptures mean something because it sets them on a path and a fruition of a path where God can do great things in their life. I'm not walking away, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not giving up, but I'm taking incrementally one step at a time. I want God to use me in just this step. God, I'm going to praise you for that. I want you to use me in just this step. I'm going to worship you in that. I'm not going to give up because I'm disappointed, but I'm going to keep making incremental changes so that at some point I'm going to look back and say, how in the world did I learn German? I learned it incrementally. How did I learn to fly a helicopter? I learned it incrementally. How am I used of God? I learned it incrementally. Marginal changes. Praise God, Brother Philip Wagner and your fiance. You worked at Hodel's and somebody invited you to church and you started coming to church. How is it that you're still here and how is it that God's doing great things in your life? One step at a time. One step at a time. And you have exemplified that not only with yourself but to your whole family who've been coming with you. One step at a time. I may have questions. <laughs> I may, there may be times in my life I don't know where to turn, Pastor. What do I do? Look, this is all I know to tell you to do. Just take one step at a time. God's going to work it out. God's going to work it out. But you got to have faith in the process. Praise God. You may have to wait a few days. And there may be some things that you have to do that you didn't want to do, but you keep trusting in God and God's going to open up a promise to you and a blessing to you because you took one step at a time, one day at a time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It makes, it makes me so proud to see people sing and worship and exhort. Miguel, you did a great job. Where, there you are. You did a great job Sunday night. That's exciting. You know how you get beyond that point? You just keep one step at a time. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this into something that is greater because I know that you've got greater things for me. And it may seem insignificant just to do an exhortation, but you take an exhortation on top of an exhortation and a word shot on top of a word shot, and then pretty soon you're preaching and God's doing all kinds of things. How did you get there? You got there by being a pre-service prayer and praying. It was one step at a time, and God started expanding your ministry. Some people want everything immediately. Listen, that's not the way it works. Sometimes it's hard work. It's one step at a time. You don't just jump up here on a platform and it's all good and dandy you gotta you gotta do the work of the kingdom some people can't handle that so they want to walk away well you're just gonna have to walk away because we're all in this thing together and we're all growing together I didn't get here overnight it took a long 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 time of steps every step I didn't, didn't even know I would even be here but I was just gonna live for God day after day after day one step at a time
Every once in a while, somebody will come and say, I feel called to preach. What do I do? One step at a time, you, you, you start by being faithful. You start paying your tithes and your offering. You put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> and you, you're faithful and you're consistent. Yeah, but I, I want to be a preacher. That's, how you, that's where you start. You got you to gotta start. You got to start somewhere, incremental steps. Somebody too fast, their ego goes to their head. And that's that's part of the problem. So if you look around and you don't see somebody here and you thought, man, they could have been used of God greatly, it's because their ego got in the way. And instead of following the incremental steps and working in the process and showing that they can be unified with everybody else, they want platform time immediately. It doesn't happen that way. Man, I'm not getting much of a response there, so... I just keep hitting this thing. It's incremental steps. You could have all the talent in the world, but if you can't be faithful and you can't work with everybody and you think it's all about you, it's not going to work. You're going to fail. It's not going to work. You have to thrust yourself into the work of God and say, I, it doesn't, I'll start by cleaning the bathrooms, picking up, picking up, tissue paper from all over the building God I just whatever whatever I have to do just activate something in my life so that I can be used of you I'm not worried about the end result I'm in, I'm worried about right now am I doing right now what I should be doing am I taking the right step right now is that what's important God starts building things in your life and success starts happening brother David you stood up and then you sat back down One step at a time, that's right. One seat at a time, right? Stand up, Brother David. That man does so much work for this, for this place and doesn't ask for much of anything. He picks up chairs, cleans. He's <laughs> never asked for any title, position. I didn't know what we call you. Servant of God, Brother Beharano. power washing stuff, cleaning stuff off, taking care of flower beds, doing stuff. You know why he's here? He loves the kingdom of God, and this, this is a place that he gets purpose and destiny. It's like, there's other people that would ridicule that. Well, what's your title, your position? Brother Bejarano's not about title or position, has never asked one thing, hasn't asked to be elevated, do this, do that. Pastor, what do you need done? What can we do? How can I be a servant? How can I help? It's one step at a time. And Brother David, God has elevated you among everybody in this place to appreciate the value of what you do in the house of God. It doesn't go unnoticed. I thank you and I appreciate you. And there's a house house full in this church that are the, that are just like you. God, let me be what I need to be. One step at a time, incrementally. Work on me. Build me. Mold me. Shape me. Praise God. Amen. Every service should be an altar call. Tonight's an altar call, so let's move to the front. And let's pray tonight step out and let's pray tonight. 
just briefly at the conclusion of this service. I want you to pray this because I really think this is true. Sister Rena in a few days is going to do a Bible study clinic. We've had this conversation. Some people don't teach a Bible study because they think I, I don't have enough knowledge. You got more knowledge than who knows what percentage of people in the world who are biblically illiterate. You start with a small Bible study. You make yourself available to somebody. And you say, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I do know this. God is good. I'm willing to pray for you and work with you. And you watch God do great things in your life because you're taking small steps. I want to be a great Sunday school teacher. First time you teach Sunday school, you probably flop. It didn't go the way that you imagined. Preaching like that is sometimes you get up here, you got it in your head, you know exactly what it's going to sound like, what's going to happen. It doesn't go like that at all. It's terrible. When you go home, you think, my goodness, what a failure I am. But you know what you do? You come back and you preach again. And you come back and you preach again. And you come back and you testify again. And you come back and you teach again. And you teach again. And you keep going step by step by step by step. And God does great things. Praise God. And God develops you and shapes you and molds you. I want us to pray tonight that prayer. God, help me, help me take getting up in the morning and putting on my shoes. That's really simple. That seems too simple. But that's where it's at. Incrementally, I'm going to make small decisions in my life. Today, I'm going to read the Word of God. I'm not going to try to read. I'm behind in my Bible reading, so today I'm going to read 50 chapters. Stop it. Stop it. You're going to read 50 chapters and be so wore out the next day, you're going to get all completely off track. I'm going to get up this morning, I'm going to read a chapter. This is really, really good as it resonates with Bible quizzing because every single one of you that's been a Bible quiz, you've done this. Right? I'm supposed to be learning five verses a day, three verses a day, but I went on vacation for two weeks and so now I'm way, way behind. So I got to figure this out. So I got to learn 15 verses every day. I can do this. And after three days, you, you, you probably will do it. But you're so wore out by the time you get it all caught up that you like go, you just, you crash out. You quit. You, you're overwhelmed. Small decisions. Small decisions. Praise God. Let's, I don't know where you are and what you're praying for, what your ministry is, what your hopes are, what your desires are. I don't know any of that. But what I want to pray tonight in this altar service here tonight is this. God help me make the tiny decisions that matter. Tiny decisions that matter. Praise God. Let's lift up our hands and lift up our voice right now. Let's pray that prayer together. Lord, I thank you and praise you. There are, there are things in my life that I want to do better at. I want to become more. And so help me make tiny decisions. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Be specific. I thank you, Lord, and praise you and worship you. I want you to take me from where I am because I'm not satisfied where I am. I want to go somewhere, but I don't think it's going to be done all at once. There is one day in your courts. There is one day in your house. Yes. There is one day Better is one day in your course. Better is 
making smooth decisions right now, God. I want you to direct 